Hey there, it's Dallas Travers here. Thank you so much for tuning into Coaches on a Mission. This show brings the perfect combination of coaching and strategy to help you lean into your values, lean into your intuition, as well as your coaching skills to build a business that makes a difference for you and a difference in the world. So if you don't already subscribe to this show, please hit pause. Take just a moment to do that now. It really helps us get this show in front of more people. So thank you again for your support. My guest today is Allison Greek, who recently stepped back from her coaching business to explore and commit to a new niche. So today, Allison feels called to help Christian women stay rooted in their faith so they can confidently live as who they are and lean into what they're called to do. And Allison's giving herself time and space to really uncover the most purposeful path for her business. Yet she's at this stage where thinking or journaling, praying or contemplating her new niche, it isn't bringing any deeper clarity any longer. So it's time to take this new niche to the streets, so to speak, with a new offer. But private coaching doesn't seem like it'll give Allison enough flexibility right now. Instead, she wants to explore small group retreats. So Allison's big question was this, if I don't have a signature system or even a ton of experience coaching in my new niche, how can I design a retreat experience that feels aligned for me and valuable to my clients? The answer was actually living inside of Allison all along. She just needed a coaching conversation to bring it forward, which is the whole point of coaching after all. So whether you've moved into a new niche or not, this conversation will outline a clear-cut process to design a group event that leads directly into whatever your next offer might be. Get ready to take some notes. Here's Allison Greek. Hi, Allison. Welcome to the show. It's really good to have you here. Yay, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. So can you fill our listeners in? I feel like we need to give them a little bit of backstory, don't you? Before we fill everybody in on what you want to receive coaching around, give us all a little bit of backstory on the shifts that have occurred for your business in the last few months. So when we started working together, I was really focused on helping women pursue their careers, businesses in a way that would not cause them to burn out. That's kind of the quickest version I can say. And it, you know, looked a lot of different ways because it really mimicked kind of my own professional journey and things that I had to overcome that really helped me be um, productive and continue to move forward professionally and achieve the goals that I wanted to without burning out because I had done that. But as you know, um, as things have gone on and you know, I'm a person of faith, I just felt called that maybe things needed to shift a little bit. I had worked with some women who were also other Christian women who I felt like that needed to be a piece and an element of our coaching. You know, there were some things that maybe they were struggling in with their faith journey that I think were holding them back from just life, just creating a lot of anxiety for them. And it was because they were really getting off-rooted on where they needed to be. And I just felt this. I think you can remember when I shared, you know, Mm -hmm. multiple months ago, and I just said, I feel like I'm being called to shift, but I just don't know what that looks like. And so I've been on this, I'll call it a little bit of a radical journey a little bit and not to go, you know, like sound like the crazy Jesus girl or anything here today, but 
I just felt like I went on a radical little bit of a journey and I needed to put things on hold with my current coaching clients. And thank you. You helped me draft something really that helped explain that. And they all were very receptive and we got them to a good launching off place. But to say I needed to really take some time to discern what it was and where this might be going. And then now I'm here because I'm at this place where I feel I really want to help. I guess I'm going to say my niche statement. I want to help women of faith stay rooted in their faith, in knowing who they are and where they're being called, you know, just as a, as a person, but maybe even in their work as well. So, okay. So I'm going to reflect what I understand and what you found as your business continued to evolve was there was a misalignment with your niche. Not that the former niche was incorrect, but you felt called to go in another direction or perhaps even go deeper. And in listening to that calling, you realized that what you needed was space to to marinate in this new calling before making any decisions about the infrastructure of your business. So it's not about just whipping up a new offer because now you have a new niche. You really wanted spaciousness for this next evolution of your business to be rooted and aligned and to fulfill you. So now here we are. You feel very clear about your calling to help Christian women really root in their faith and in themselves as they live their lives. And so now we're at a place where we're beginning the conversation around what is this going to look like and what's the best way to get started. And I know you've come today with a few ideas about, I'm going to say offers, which isn't, which may not even be the exact word, right? And our goal today is to just talk through how to test these ideas and really how to begin exploring the business model that's most aligned for you. Yeah, that sounds absolutely right. Yeah. I appreciate it. I think you said it better than I did. I want to give our listeners a little bit of context because I know you feel really called to explore groups and maybe not even ongoing group coaching as much as events. So we're going to have that conversation. But for anyone who has been listening to the show for some time, they know that I believe the first place to start when you're building your coaching business is through one-on-one coaching. So this is for you. This is for me. This is for everybody listening. I am not the boss. So I can only give my best, most informed recommendation based on a lot of knowledge and experience. But if that doesn't align for you, you can't follow it. Why? The work is too damn difficult if it isn't aligned for you. Kind of like with your niche, right? Like You could have kept going on that niche and it was 80% aligned, but boy, it's just the work becomes effortless when alignment occurs. So I just, for anyone listening, thinking, oh, Dallas is contradicting herself. This is a brand new business and they're talking about groups. Good, because we're following your lead here, not my lead. So can you share with us, even if it's pretty unclear, the details of the vision you have for these group events? I guess what I see the vision and the reason why I I want to the reason why I think I want to move away from the one-on-one and not necessarily all together, but for a, for a time is just, I want to free up some space. And I'm seeing that this is a common theme, especially with some Christian women that they either feel like they don't have community or they don't have a safe space where they can talk about certain things, or they don't know how to get rooted into their faith and what that even means. And they're floundering a little bit. And so while it could be done one-on-one, I think it would be more 
even from one of my conversations with one of my clients that actually probably would be someone who would be good with this. I had coffee with her recently and told her where I think I'm at. And I got like the thumbs up from her. I think she was like, oh my gosh, they want to see that. It's kind of like that me too, you know, like me too, I feel Mm -hmm. that way. Or I can understand or I believe in our Christian faith. And I believe this for anybody, like we need community because it's there for encouragement, support, and connection. Encouragement when you're going down and seeing that somebody's struggling with something support because they can pull you up and then that connection because it's a connecting point but we can't just do that if it's just me and them one-on-one and so that's where I think it's more immersive if it could be as a group and I just think it would have more value and so it might seem a little backwards for me right now but I almost envision it as women love whether they're women of faith or like, you know, women want to go to like wellness retreats or like yoga retreats, they go and they have these amazing experiences. They can just be present with where they're at. I'm almost envisioning some kind of close, intimate things going up in the mountains, you know, doing some immersive stuff, digging into some topics that can help them get rooted and talk through some stuff so they feel strong and come back and feel more equipped. And maybe they're now more connected. But a lot of times when we do that, we also crave more. Because the journey's not there. You know, if anybody's ever gone to one of those, you go and you're like, yeah, I feel so great. And then you're like, what do I do when I get home? That's why, while I love that, because I think it could be fun also because it's fun for me to go up in the mountain. I was just going to say selfishly. Yeah, sounds good. I just feel like it's, I get more, I get more energized when I'm talking to, I don't want to say it needs to be a big group, you know, especially if it's like a small immersive retreat, but I feel like we can go deep. We can go into Mm -hmm. a lot of things. They can get that community connection point. We can come back refreshed, you know, can be like a mini wellness, spiritual wellness retreat, but then they may want more. And so down the line, I might have certain topics that we might just continue to kind of go deeper into. So maybe that might be a short, small group program that we do that. I'm not going to say Bible study, you know, in the Christian world, that's what they're used to. So this wouldn't be that. It would be like a specific topic that yeah. might, we might bring scripture into it, but more like real life current things. How do we make it tangible for people yeah. and talk through what that looks like in today's world for us? And then eventually, okay. I know this sounds weird, but then maybe go back to if they want to go deeper, even more, start opening the door for one-on-one. But I feel like for one-on-one it helps that community piece. Does that make sense? It does. Let me reflect what I heard. Step one, I'm going to try to break this into steps for our listeners, right? So step one, it's about leaning into the niche that feels aligned rather than the niche that feels easy. Step two, when you look at the the structure or the business model, clarify why it is you're leaning in that direction. For some of us, it could just be, I'm making something up here, but maybe I'm a newer coach and I'm actually intimidated by one-on-one coaching. I'm nervous that I don't have the skills to deliver one-on-one. So if I have a group, I can kind of hide in the group a little bit. If that's the motivation, that's the wrong motivation. So getting clear on your motivation behind the business structure you're leaning toward. What I heard you say, Allison, was when you look at your audience, what they crave and what might be missing is a forum that goes beyond Bible study 
to bring Christian conversations into their everyday life and a place where their experience is normalized and they feel that deep sense of togetherness. And that naturally can happen much more organically and simply in a group environment rather than one-on-one coaching. Sometimes this is the beauty of coaching. Sometimes what we need is just to have someone tell us what they heard, right? And we're like, yes, that is exactly what I meant and said. This feels great. And then I think the third step, and it's, it's very close to step number two, but it's once you're clear on the why of the business model, just doing a little litmus test. Does this align with my audience's preferences and needs? So let's say, for example, you wanted to do retreats for people overcoming body dysmorphia. They may not actually be as comfortable in a group environment as they would be one-on-one. So we do all of this work getting clear on the why for us, but we also need to connect back to the why for our audience to make sure the structure that we offer really is aligned to meet their needs and their preferences, and you've already done that piece. There's another element element that I'm hearing here that I just want to check in and see if I'm on track. Because this is a new arena for you, I mean, it, it is and it isn't, right? You're This is the life that you live. But in terms of a business model, this is a new venture. I'm also picking up that groups might be a great way for you to test and almost research the topics the things that come up, just kind of get your feet wet without any sort of long-term commitment, which sounds like where you're at right now as you figure this all out. Am I picking that up or am I making that up? Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't want to say a little bit of both. It is a way for me to test those things and also focus on what I think a need might be based on just what I kind of hear or hear people talking about or maybe even things that I know I've struggled with myself. And then when I talk about it, people go, yes, you know, when you're in the room and they, yes, me too. So a little bit of testing, but then a little bit of, you know, the short term because they may not be ongoing things that might, you know, there might be something that applies to one person and that's something that they really need and they, they can dive in. There could be those that might like everything and all relevant. People don't feel married that they have to stay in something so long and yeah. they can get what they need and get the support and then dive out if they need to. And yes, it doesn't have to hold me accountable because my schedule might be a little bit different right now too. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be available as often as I was with one-on-one coaching, which was great because I kind of just went wherever they needed me in that moment. You know, it's like, you know, that's the beauty of it. So this will give me the spaciousness and then it will help guide me on where I go in the future. So it will let me know. So I guess, yeah, yes. Testing Testing rather than just like dreaming it up in your mind, right? I'm also hearing, and you articulated this so beautifully, step four in this process is to outline the possible ascension model. So an ascension model is essentially if a client comes in at point A, where do they move to next, right? And what is the offer after that? Sometimes it's just stay with me working privately forever. And other times there are other offers. So the ascension model I heard you articulate is it begins with retreats or events, whether that's a weekend or even a day or even an afternoon. We can get more clarity around that in a moment. From there, and this is more of a suggestion from me because I think there is that you talked about the gap and we need to talk about how you're going to fill it. 
okay, the weekend was great and now what? But I wrote down some very simple version of community support. So this could simply be a Voxer group where people leave having a a place to continue the conversation or connect with one another. You don't even have to be involved in that necessarily. Again, we'll talk more about that. And then that can lead, of course, to more retreats. And then when and if it feels aligned for you and the potential client, people can in the future have an opportunity to move into private coaching. With that, I feel like our conversation could go in one of two directions. One is what's the marketing strategy for you to be able to fill your retreats? Because one of the reasons, you know this, Allison, but I'll fill our listeners in. One of the reasons I very fervently recommend starting with private coaching is you need a mailing list of one in order to get a coaching client. As soon as we start talking about groups, list building becomes a bigger priority and nurturing that list, like it's, it's a bigger deal. So we could talk about what's the marketing strategy to fill your retreats. The other direction we could go today would be what is the shape and structure? What happens at the retreats? What happens in that support community? Spelling out more clearly these three layers of your ascension model. So for today, which conversation feels most helpful to you? I feel like maybe I'm moving into the shape and the ascension model, but just from what you see, I would like your thoughts too. What do you think would seem like a, a natural place from what we're talking about? Obviously, marketing will be, and I don't know if there's even a way to just like touch on it. Like we don't even. Know. Why don't I offer a little bit of advice around the marketing piece, and then we can do coaching around the offers. Number one, field of dreams here, right? If you build it, they will come. Does not apply. We want them to come so that when you are ready to build something, it feels effortless. And so what I mean is make list building a priority, even when it feels like it's not necessary. This is the thing I see so often is coaches regretting and actually beating themselves up because they're more than ready to scale and they have nobody to scale to. Even if this, I have this sense that it's going to start very casually for you, which as it should, but even then, anytime you're speaking at a group, anytime you're talking one-on-one with someone at church, invite them on your mailing list and commit to weekly emails. This is the thing that's going to enable you to, all right, I'm doing a retreat. We're going up to the mountains. You can follow the flash sale protocol, essentially, and you've got people to invite. The other piece of advice here is you can absolutely, especially in the beginning when you're doing small retreats, fill those retreats with a version of client search. So you think of three of your Christian friends who you'd love to spend the weekend with, invite them to come and ask them each to invite two friends. So we're just using a structured rather than an organic word of mouth marketing funnel to begin filling your retreats. So don't wait to list build until you feel like, all right, I'm really ready to scale this thing. Build your list so that when you scale, it's like people are begging you to scale instead of you begging people to get on your list. You know, and not that I want to go here because this could be a completely different topic. You know, my current list may not all be relevant people for this. And I might even consider letting them know, here's kind of like the direction. Feel free to stay subscribe, you know, stay subscribed or unsubscribe. You're no feelings hurt. I remember we talked about this in the hive a while, like way before you were ready to make this announcement. For you and for anyone listening, when you make a niche change, I'm going to even speak more broadly. The size of your list matters less than the quality of your list. So if you've got 
3,000 subscribers. Let's pretend that your last niche was even more specific and it was helping women in real estate. I know you had a few clients who were working in that arena. So if you have 3,000 real estate agents on your mailing list and half of them are atheists, that number means nothing. And in fact, it will hurt your ability to connect directly with the Christian women on your list because the atheists aren't going to open your email. So what we want is also to respect people enough to give them the choice to decide to stay or go. So when you feel ready, I would recommend that you send out an email email sharing the story of this clear calling and clearly inviting people to unsubscribe if that doesn't feel aligned. They only have to take action if they want out, if they want in, right? They don't have to do a thing. I want to respect them. I don't want like to force anybody. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Sharing your faith. I didn't ask for this. It's also just wasting so much of your energy. So let's talk about this three-part ascension model. And I know we're going to, this is almost just a brainstorming session so that you can take this and go deeper. So we have the retreats. You've shared a little bit about your vision for them. What specific questions do you have for me around the structure, the cost, any of the pieces around your retreats? If I can be honest, I don't even know what my questions are because it's not something I've ever put on. I mean, I feel like I can get a little bit of an idea of what to do just because of events I've been involved with before. But sometimes I think we may not even consider things that should be considered. So why don't I ask the questions? Yeah. And then we'll go there. Yeah. I'm in. Whether it's a retreat or a course or a membership or even private coaching, the first place I always recommend beginning is what's the promise? So this, and I'm not talking about for all of your retreats, right? Because I heard you say earlier, you're going to look, explore different topics. So what's the promise? Meaning if I attend, what am I meant to take away? We're actually hosting a retreat for my mastermind in October. And the promise is margaritas. (laughs) Margaritas and and FaceTime. Yeah, we're going to do enough work to be able to write it off. But really the promise is togetherness. So understanding that promise, the structure of the retreat is very different from anything else I've hosted in the past. So that's going to be the first question to answer. And I think it could be fun or even more helpful if today we answered these questions, even if you don't want to stick to the answers. So let's just imagine it's your first retreat. She's grabbing her notes, everybody. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. So let's imagine it's your first retreat. What is the one thing you want folks to leave with? I think um, feeling more grounded and rooted in their faith. So rooted Great. Rooted in their faith. I think there's a lot of, sorry, I know I'm expanding more, but there's a lot of women who feel like maybe they feel removed from it a little bit. You know, they want it, they need it, but just everyday life kind of doesn't give them that grounding in it. And maybe they don't even know where to start again. It's like a healthy habit. You know how to eat well. And I know what it is, but I've gotten so far away. I don't even know where to start. Do I work out five times a week and like meal prep and do all the things? Or where do I, where do I start? How do I get grounded in this so I can build upon it again? It's great in your spiritual practice. Great. So I'm going to leave feeling more rooted in my faith. And what I'm hearing you say is the way I'm going to feel more rooted in my faith is if I leave with one tangible practice, I can continue after the retreat is over. 
can easily implement because that's the thing too. People, you know, it's kind of like working out. I, I liken it to the same thing. Want to start working out again, think, oh, I need to work out five times a week and I need to do all these things. And you're like, you haven't even been working out like for 10 minutes. So how are you going to do right. it five times a week? It's kind of like- Take that. a walk. Take yeah. a walk first. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like Got it. Once, and then you could do it two times and then, you know, you build and it's kind of the same thing. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. So step one, get clear on the promise. Step two, now, how can I simply deliver on this promise? So a mistake we all make is over-delivering. The reason this it can be harmful is we leave people feeling overwhelmed instead of capable. So in its simplest form, and I'm going to ask it even differently, what is the minimum you could do at this retreat in order for every attendee to leave feeling more rooted in their faith and recommitted to one new practice? So what's the minimum I could do? And you mean by like how many sessions or topics we talk about or like... Because I feel like I could say so many different things. So now I need to like hone myself. In. Yeah. So I ask, what's the minimum? We're not even getting into the structure yet. So if the goal here is for someone to leave feeling more rooted in their faith and recommitted to a new practice to keep them rooted. I think the minimum would be, you know, what is this private relationship with God look like? So maybe it's talking about how understanding how to, I think people don't understand how to read the scripture. So it could be mm. getting easy ways to do that and understand it. Because I think that can be the uncomfortable or the thing people don't do. I don't know what it really means. It doesn't make sense. It's just a lot. Where do I start? Where do I go? Think about it from a physical yeah. process. You know, what workouts do I do? What's most effective? Blah, blah, blah. How do I start? Where do I go? Maybe it's just <laughs> drilling down and making it simple for them. Here's some simple things that you can take to make this an individual practice for you. So what I heard you do unconsciously here was identify the obstacle preventing these attendees from feeling more rooted in their faith and sticking with the daily practice. That obstacle is they don't actually feel like they know how to study the scriptures. So if I don't really feel capable of it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So great. Now the retreat structure is modernizing scripture study for everyday life. That's what we're going to do. So we're just getting a little bit more narrow here, right? So what is the promise? 
Now, if I left out all the bells and whistles and kept things as simple as possible, because at retreats, people need time on their own. Mm -hmm. They need time to connect. Mm -hmm. They need time for fun and learning. And we just kind of pile on the learning and suck out all the fun. (laughs) Then I heard you say, if the focus was really like a modern approach to studying scripture, what then, now we're getting into the how. How might you deliver a modern approach to studying scripture? I think this would be short, quick teaching sessions or modeling it and then giving them when you talk about the, they need time on their own. That's where I was thinking a lot, especially if I'm thinking we're up in the mountains. We do that. We talk about some things and then giving them some time to go and journal about that, what they took, or maybe go practice it on their own. And then of course, Then we come back and talk about those things afterwards. What did you find? Where did you struggle? You know, I can kind of guide them on how, because there might be the teaching about it and the reasons why it's important. So I think that's kind of like where I would start. Not that I'm trying to get into content so much, but no, this is exactly where we should be right now. So I feel like it would first start like, why are we even talking about this? You know, why is this even important? What does this mean for you? So there's the, why are we doing this? What are you noticing in your life and why are you, because you're here for a reason that's called out to you. So, you know, we can maybe have that as the launching off place and then go into some teaching about it. So some, and maybe even doing some of it together is now that I'm talking out loud, like it might be doing something and not a long part, because again, we don't want to be overwhelming, but maybe I am going to pick some things that we're going to use And I'm going to teach them how I would do it in front of them. And let's go through this and pack it together. This is what this looks like. So explaining like how they can read scripture that, but now we're going to do it together. I'm going to send you off. You guys are going to do it on your own, you know, and then we might have some fun because I believe in the, you need to marinate and like try it for yourself. Like we don't always, sometimes we get all the information, but we don't have the implementation time. And I think that's what it is. So they can either go read or journal or whatever, because I'm a big believer in all of, you know, journaling, then a later session, maybe that day. And this could be something we just repeat for a few days, you know, so it kind of looks the same. And there might be another topic that we discuss that might like get thrown in there for fun and whatever, but it's more just kind of repeating this process for a few days or throughout the time and getting them talking about it so I can see where they're struggling and I can give them instruction in the moment or they can talk about it together or what they saw to really make sure they're empowered on how do they do it on their own. A lot of people get spoon fed. They don't know how to do it on their own. And that's what I would want them to walk away with. Every session or every day almost follows a rhythm. Discuss, teach, absorb, reset. Oh, I like that. So we're going to begin each session with a conversation about why are we doing this? Why does it matter? What's been your experience? We're just opening the floor. Then you step in and teach one or two tangible tools to help people overcome the obstacles that they face understanding scripture. Now they have time to absorb. People can choose to break off in pairs or a group of three and continue the discussion. They could choose to go up into their room and journal. They could choose to take a meditative walk or pray or take a nap, whatever absorbing looks like for them. But the goal with the retreat is for them to feel capable enough to implement the tools you teach on their own when the retreat is over. So that absorption, right? It's like absorb and implement. What do they need to do 
to make this practice their own. Mm -hmm. And then the reset, the last step here is simply, this is where the fun comes. So a reset could be the lunch break. It could be karaoke in the evening. It could like whatever, it could be taking a group hike, whatever togetherness events you want to think of, but now they've reset. You come back for the next session. Maybe it's even the next day. So this is a three-day event. There are, you go through this cycle three times. Discuss, teach, absorb, reset. I think you have the outline of a retreat, Allison. Discuss. What was the next one? Discuss. Yeah. Teach. Absorb. Or even let's, let's say learn. So now it's all what they're going to do instead of what you're going to do. So they're going to discuss it. Then they're going to learn. Then they're going to absorb what they learned and reset. And absorb could also be practice. It makes it just really easy because you're right. We can overdo it. And it's like, how many topics should I have? You know, should we do that? And it's like, it's one. And you just continue to go further and deeper into that topic throughout the course of several days because that's how they walk away with, this is my takeaway. I walked away with a simple, you know, my delivery. I know how to do this now. This is my takeaway. I feel rooted in how to do this. Yes, the promise. Yeah. It could always be rooted in something because I really like that word and I have lots of other ideas on topics, but I'm hearing just focus on one, really root and get deeper into that one. So they kind of walk away really understanding that. Don't throw in multiple things. Just keep it to one simple idea. Now, if the promise of your retreat was to show people as many different approaches to Bible study as possible, that's a different promise. So the structure would be completely different. But your promise is helping them feel more rooted in faith and committed to implementing a new practice. So it's really about building the structure on the promise because, the pro- again, depending on the promise, the structure is going to be very different. So let's imagine I'm at this retreat. It's the last day. I'm feeling so rooted. I'm feeling such togetherness. I can't wait for the next one. How are you going to help me continue to feel supported and rooted and in my practice. So we're moving from into the next offer here of the Ascension model. What's that going to look like? I know that's the hard part. So what I guess I'm envisioning, and I don't know how quick this would look because I almost want to test the retreat thing first and see how that goes maybe. But my thought is, okay, well now you go home, you try to implement it, but you might want continual help with that, or you might want to go deeper or learn about different things. And so that's where I was thinking I might have some small group. I don't know how to put it because remember, I'm still thinking through all of like some small group, short-term things that they can come into. Maybe it's a very top, you know, again, another topic, but we're going to be talking about it over a course of certain amount of weeks, kind of same structure that we just talked about, but it's more of this is why this is important. This is how it relates to going and diving deeper. I'm looking at some things like thriving life in him. What does that even mean? How do you do Mm -hmm. that? That's a lot of stuff. And so it would have ongoing topics, kind of like a Mm -hmm. short coaching group, but I, I wouldn't look at it that way. I mean, it kind of is. And then that way they could have some discussion time. They could have time to do that. The following week, we could talk about whatever it is that kind of came up, like some things that they can think about the fall, you know, the week, but also that community, because I think that's the important piece. That's what I'm thinking, but that's where I'm struggling because I'm not sure. And it depends on my own schedule and my own availability. Well, perhaps what it looks like is phase one, I got to advocate for your clients. 
I'm going to sound harsher than I mean to, but I'm going to go there. It is completely unfair and one could almost argue unethical to leave them with nothing to do next. It's like, all right, thanks for coming. Now you're on your own. And I hear you loud and clear that you don't know yet. So at phase one is simply, and you can decide, is it a Facebook group? Is it a Voxer thread? Is it an email chain? Are you on WhatsApp? At the lowest lift possible, we're going to take six weeks and have an accountability thread. And here's where we're going to have it. So everyone's going to leave saying the practice they want to root themselves in more clearly. And now we have this thread for support. The commitment is everybody checks in once a week. And yeah. it's, you don't even charge them for it. I'm giving you the support that you need while I figure out what I need when it comes to the business model. And then when you're ready, the next offer could be around this idea of support and community. I don't know if it's six weeks, maybe it's even 90 days. So we're going to move into weekly discussions. Same thing, discuss, learn, and then they leave to go practice and reset. They come back the next week, discuss, learn, practice, reset. But I think it would be such a shame to not have yeah. some sort of meeting place, even if it's just digital, to really serve folks in continuing to root into everything they learned at the retreat. No, I like how you said that because I'm, I'm just going, oh gosh, I don't know if I'll be able to... I always think of the phrase... You don't want to overcommit and underdeliver. I'd rather undercommit and overdeliver. And so don't want to give them, hey, I'm going to be available. We're going to be meeting already and not have that bandwidth to do that. But I do like that it can be simple again. Yeah. Just be the, how do we stay connected? Who knows? You know, we might throw in the group, hey, who wants to meet for coffee? And let's just chat in person. And it can be very informal, but it didn't have to be anything officially structured. And of course, you know, the other piece of it is whether they're with me or not, they do have other places they can get rooted outside of this, which mm -hmm. is get in your local community church, whatever that might be, whatever denomination you are. I'm not denominational, but find one where you feel comfortable. And if that's with me at mine, you know, come and join me. So there could be a little bit of that because then we do have ongoing women yeah. that I'm a part of that I could get them into and into. Right. I guess there could be a little bit of a discussion around that and the importance of ongoing community. Sometimes communities end. Where do you find ongoing community and how do you do that? That could almost be like a launching off. Let's talk about where do we go next? If we don't Beautiful. have to, I'll keep you posted, but here's the other thing. So you kind of got my wheels turning on. Great. They're not like, well, what now? Well, this is the what now. So by the end of the retreat, it's a conversation about the importance of community and what's next. And here's where you get to narrate yeah. where, where you're at, right? So where I'm at right now is I have every intention of having an ongoing group in the future. Right now, that's not happening. But let's decide together the best platform for us to stay connected. And here's a list of resources where you can also find community. You're going to have people naturally approach you. It's already happening and request private coaching. So I would recommend that you think clearly enough about the right now shape and structure of privates so that when someone approaches you to ask, you have an answer that you feel rooted in. I'm going to use your word. Instead of, yes, I think I could help you. And then you're accidentally overcommitting or undercommitting or all of those things. So just thinking about it when and if someone steps forward to request privates because they will, what is the structure of that that really fits the phase that you, the season you are in in your life? And I feel like what they're looking for is even less than 
you know, when I was coaching people to other things, it's almost like mentorship. Like how do I, even last night I was approached, actually I had two things happen yesterday, but anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> One specific was at a women's networking group and it was kind of, I want to meet for coffee. I just have questions and I want to get your thoughts on these things and all of that. And so I see that kind of happening a little bit and I'm okay with that. But I think those would be people that may even be interested in joining these yeah. things. So as it's happening and I'm not sure with the one-on-one, which I'll keep in, in the back of my mind, those people so I can invite them once I have a better idea of what this might look like, like the yeah. events or to test out. And- so for our listeners, when you say, once you have a better idea of what this might look like, what is the this? The one-on-one. <laughs> I think. The one-on-one. One-on-one. Yeah. On one, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm just not sure what that's going to look like because of my bandwidth and where my scheduling availability is, where I don't want to tap myself out, you know, and go, okay, I'm going to yeah. open up Saturdays. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want all my Saturdays back. I'm going to do evenings. And then I have a suggestion for you to consider. We're going like in a time machine. So way back in the day when I offered private coaching to actors, what I found for them was their lives were very unpredictable. Like today, I could not be in a movie and tomorrow I might be in a movie and traveling somewhere and totally unavailable. So to have a formal coaching structure where we meet the first and third Thursday of the month at 1 p.m., just didn't fly with them because they were always hoping that they wouldn't be available, actually. That was kind of the goal of our work for them to be busy working so that they wouldn't be able to come to coaching sessions. So what I ended up doing was kind of taking the yoga studio model. So they would just purchase a package of four sessions, eight sessions, or 16. They expired in a year, no matter how many you bought. And then we'd book our first appointment. After that, a session was over at the end. We'd both pull out our calendar and decide together when the next session might be. So you may have a month maybe when your partner is out of town and you've got this extra spaciousness and you want to do some coaching on Saturdays, then you can fill a Saturday spot without now feeling like you've permanently lost your Saturdays. And this model, this punch card model was such a beautiful thing. That's the only way that I coached with actors was this punch card model. And it just always worked really, really well. Yeah. I actually like that idea because they may not have some ongoing things that they need, but that maybe things come up and, and there might be specific t- things that in my coaching, cause I've already outlined some stuff that I think is what this will all be about, but it all branches out into so many different things. So it would be like, Oh, well, that's what we're diving into today. This is yeah. where they're struggling. Kind of when I think about the hive and how things are structured mm-hmm. based on where you're at. And so the topic might be more around that. We might be using that, or we might be talking about, you know, kind of like urging some things. I like that because it gives them the flexibility. It gives me the flexibility. And that helps me with just being able to manage my schedule when I'm not sure what it needs to be and not feeling so tied like, okay, every Tuesday I meet with so-and-so, you know, at this time and Wednesdays at this time and Saturdays, you know, and sometimes you feel handcuffed to it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. And this, I'm sure that this will evolve for you as the business evolves. But I think this is a great way to get started for all of the reasons you mentioned. But then the last point I want to make here is what this does is help you avoid falling in 
to the free coaching trap where you are having coffee dates, you are counseling people, you are available to them at no cost, and then a quiet resentment might build up. Or you find that, all right, now I'm ready to officially charge for my coaching. And then you've got to have all of these confusing and icky conversations about why now you're charging people for something you've given them at no cost up until now. So this helps you keep things clean from the beginning, which I think is important. All right. So as we wrap up here, I would just love to hear from you. Given everything that we discussed, what are the next one to three steps for you to really begin to help you root into your plan moving forward? So if you were to identify the next one to three steps, what might they be? I think even just talking through like the retreat I don't know why I'm, I really feel like a retreat is something that I want yeah. to do soon. I, I don't know where it's coming from, but maybe sometime in the fall, winter, it's nice and cozy. We can go up north and turn on the fire and make it really fun. I think it's looking at that because using, we talked about the flash sale or the client surge model. I think I could use a version of the client surge because I would want this one to start really small and intimate. Yeah. So I'm thinking five people tops and I think I could easily fill five people that would be willing to do that. And so it may just be identifying some of the women that I know that have been talking to me about this and saying, Hey, this is something that I'm thinking about doing. Is this something you'd be interested in? Or do you know of anybody who would be interested in this? And then kind of gauging that, that will help me with feeling good about maybe going for it and testing it out. I think I'm just going to have to test it, do the low lift where it's people that know this is the first time I'm doing this. So there's (laughs) some grace in this, but then they may have an amazing experience and it could be their word of mouth. So if you do enjoy this experience, then I would like you to share this with others in the future. It's even testimonials about what you took away from, which is really funny that I feel more okay doing that than saying that to my one-on-one clients all the time. If you really enjoy this, what is your takeaway and what would you do as a testimony? <laughs> this, it's just easy because it's like a, yeah. a group thing. What I'm taking away from what you just shared was getting a retreat date on the calendar, uh-huh. inviting a select group of people. So the goal here is five plus you so that by doing the retreat, it's all going to feel more real. And now we're back to testing based on what happens at the retreat. You're going to get testimonials, but also hear from those people what kind of ongoing support they might need. All right. So I'm going to give you a little assignment. This episode might even air after your retreat happens. We will see. But today is August 30th. How would you feel about before September 30th, reaching out to me with your retreat date? I think I can do that. I will. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm thinking either fall or the very beginning of the year, but yeah. I kind of am like itching towards the fall. Allison, thanks for coming on the show. I'm so excited about this next season in your business. Me too. Thanks so much for all your help and support through it. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. 
I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta-friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now, and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay, thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show, and I hope you have a wonderful week.